Welcome to the Youth Pastor Theologian Podcast, where theology and youth ministry meet. I'm your host, Mike McGarry, and this episode is a collaboration between the Youth Pastor Theologian Podcast and the Reformed Youth Ministry Podcast and their show for the local youth worker hosted by John Perrett. In this episode, uh, John and I take turns asking each other questions about our respective ministries and about some books that we've published and resources that are available. I love Reformed Youth Ministry and the resources that they offer. So enjoy this conversation and then pop over onto Reformed Youth Ministry and go check out their resources and their uh, training events as well. Uh, They have really great summer camps you to go and sign up before those are sold out too. So uh, go check them out and tell them Youth Pastor Theologian sent you. Enjoy the conversation. I'm Mike McGarry, and I am the founder and director of Youth Pastor Theologian. I'm married to my wife, Tracy, uh, who's a public educator. Uh, We're at 19 years uh, going strong, and next year's 20th anniversary. So uh, we got to plan something good. Uh, John, I saw you guys just cross the 20-year mark, so maybe we can talk about some uh, anniversary ideas offline. Absolutely. Um, I got two two teenage-aged uh, kids at home. I uh, was a youth pastor for 18 years uh, before recently starting to lead youth pastor theologian full-time. And written a few books that I think we're going to talk about in a little bit. So a little bit about me. And I'm John Parrott. I am the Director of Resources for Reformed Youth Ministries. I've been on staff with them about seven years. And prior to that, I was a youth director, a youth intern, director of junior high ministries, some uh, youth ministry capacity for uh, about 20 years, a little over. Um, I'm married to Ashley. as Mike said, um, we've been married or just hit 20 years this past June. Um, had a great time in Jamaica. Yeah, Mike, love to tell Jamaica. you about that. <laughs> All right. Now we're talking. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and uh, we have five children. Um, two of them are teenagers and then uh, 11-year-old, 9-year-old, 7-year-old. Um, and I get their names right most of the time, but <laughs> I can also mess that up a little bit. Um, Yeah, and also I've written a little bit, and I'm sure we'll talk about some of those details a little bit more later. Um, And Mike and I were talking a little pre-recording. We know we're going to have some kind of intro that will be on our own individual uh, podcast channels. Um, And so uh, I think we've said, yeah, Mike's going to be kind of the focus of and Mike and his, his ministry, the focus of this first part of the the interview, and then we'll uh, get into some other things with, with RYM. Um, Mike, for our listeners, uh, why don't you tell us, um, I guess let's start with with Youth Pastor Theologian, and then we'll go back and talk about some of your books yeah. as well. Um, when did this idea come along? When, when did you <laughs> kind of formally start this? And, and just, you know, a little bit more about the ministry. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, I, I started the website, youthpastortheologian.com, um, uh, in May of 2020. So, uh, no, 2021. Uh, so it's two, a little over two years old. And um, I have been writing 
uh, about and blogging about youth ministry and gospel-centered youth ministry and um, theology and youth ministry for uh, quite some time and was uh, chewing over different uh, ideas for a new website and a new blog. And uh, I didn't want it to be MikeMcGarry.com. I really wanted to mm-hmm. try to help youth workers to really embrace the role of theology and theological depth, student ministry. And then I, I randomly thought back to my Twitter profile, actually. And so when I first joined Twitter, I wrote a bio for myself. And um, I don't know how long ago that was, but I put youth pastor theologian in my Twitter bio like t- 10 or 12 years ago. Um, and so I thought about my Twitter bio and I was like, youth pastor theologian. Yeah, that'll work. <laughs> And so it's kind of just stuck, and um, it's kind of a bit of a unique name, but it's very descriptive of uh, what it is we're about. So uh, mm-hmm. Youth Pastor Theologian, or, or YPT, um, is a, a ministry that's committed to helping youth workers to practice theology in ministry. Uh, we're not trying to uh, make teenagers little theological scholars or, or anything. Uh, we're trying to help them be Christians, right? And, and so that involves doctrine. And what does it mean to be a Christian? Uh, what does it mean to think Christianly? Um, right? What, what makes our faith uh, unique, different from the faith of their peers at school and in their communities? Um, and, and so, uh, yeah, we just want to help serve and train youth workers to think biblically, uh, first and foremost, about what youth ministry is. I think that's a question we don't really talk about nearly often enough. Uh, we we want to jump straight to how do I do it better without really ever asking, but what are we doing? Like biblically speaking, what is youth ministry? So we want to help youth workers uh, have conversations about that question. And then the second emphasis has to do with uh, training youth workers to uh, teach theologically with confidence. Um, recognizing there's a, a bit of a distinction between teaching theology and teaching theologically. Uh, there's obviously a significant overlap, um, but we want to always be teaching theologically so that we're raising up students into a biblical worldview uh, so that they um, yeah, are, are thinking and living um, from a, a biblical viewpoint and worldview. So mm-hmm. um, Youth Pastor Theologian has a blog. Uh, we have a website. Um, a very small YouTube channel. Not sure if anything's mm-hmm. ever going to happen with that. And uh, we have a pretty active Facebook group too um, that somehow has kind of blown up in the last few months. But nice. yeah, so that's a little bit about YPT. Yeah. And and for those who are listening, I'll, I'll put uh, links in the show notes uh, to Youth Pastor Theologian. Um, and so you, you talked about you, you've got a blog, um, a little bit of a YouTube uh, channel, uh, and um, a podcast. Do you want to talk a little bit more about your podcast, just kind of the frequency of it, uh, you know, how often it, uh, episodes drop and all that kind of stuff? Yeah, uh, happy to do that. So uh, the Youth Pastor Theologian podcast uh, comes out on Tuesdays. Uh, over uh, most weeks uh, throughout the school year. So we take a little bit of a break during the summer um, and then a little bit of break around major holidays. Um, But for the most part, uh, the Youth Pastor Theologian podcast features a conversation like what we're having today uh, between myself and a guest about some area 
of theology um, and ministry uh, theological depth. So uh, we've talked with uh, recently with Sean McGever about theology of evangelism and conversion, right? How does our, our doctrine of conversion uh, affect the way we share the gospel? Um, and he's a real sharp thinker, right? So we want to have like, it's not just practical how-to tips, right? But like really digging into um, how does doctrine drive practice? Um, you know, other conversations about uh, essentials of a biblical worldview and um, ministry to students with special needs and how do we think biblically and theologically about um, about um, students with disability and how do we minister to um, parents who recently get uh, that diagnosis for their child and right so uh, just a, a blend of real practical stuff that we're bringing theological depth to and then other topics that are more explicitly doctrinal that we're bringing a student ministry perspective to so that's kind of the interchange with that yeah. we try to focus on in our podcast yeah, that that's great. And um, I, I want to say too, kind of backing up a little bit, I think the first time I heard about you or just got to know you was through Walt Mueller. Yeah, um, same, same. And yeah, and so you uh, you went, or I guess you're, you're D-man, you studied under him. Is that right? Is that how you guys first met? Yeah, yeah. Okay. So I, I did the, okay. the D-man program um, at Gordon-Conwell. Okay. And then shortly after there, it, it seems that your first book I read, was it a, a Biblical Theology of Youth Ministry? Is that the title? Yep. Okay. Now, definitely, I want to point people to that book. That was a very helpful book. And uh, for those youth workers out there, and you're kind of saying those who are just kind of doing youth ministry, but not really giving a whole lot of thought to kind of theological foundation for it, that's an, a great book. Um, but then also your uh, second book, I believe, Lead Them to Jesus. Mm-hmm. Um, those who listen to the Local Youth Worker podcast, RYM's podcast, Mike came on a long time ago, I cannot remember when, to talk about that book. And that book, I, I want to continue to point people to that book. I know people uh, use that and have heard of that book. For For those of you who have not heard of that book, I would say if you're in youth ministry, it's a must own. It is um, uh, it's, it's a book you can obviously read cover to cover, but it's kind of a, a reference book. I mean, you can just pick up and jump into different chapters because you've got two sections. You've got kind of, uh, basic biblical truths, I think is the first section and then kind of practical, um, things again, where, where theology is informing kind of some of the more practical elements of, um, of youth ministry, but maybe just talk a little bit about lead them to Jesus as well. Yeah. Um, so I, the idea for that book came out from when I was starting at a new, a, a new church and was thinking through, how do I get my, my team of volunteers on the same page? And what I had uh, found the hard way uh, it, previously in ministry is that you can use the same vocabulary together and sound like you're agreeing but you're using a very different dictionary. So you're saying the same thing, you're agreeing with each other, but what you mean is something completely different. Hmm. Um, and so the, a lot of that happens when we talk about gospel-centered youth ministry um, and Bible-based youth ministry. And uh, of course, everyone agrees to that. But what do we mean by it? So I thought yeah. through, okay, so I want to talk through um, these topics with my youth leaders. And I wrote out a whole list of topics. And next thing I knew, I had way too many topics 
to realistically go through with them. Um, and so, I'll, well, I, I like writing, so maybe I'll just write a few just short articles for, for them and then kind of realize, well, I think this is the table of contents for a book. This, you know, if I'm writing these out for my youth workers anyways, I might as well see if a publisher might want to make this beneficial for more than just me and my youth leaders. And uh, so Lead Them to Jesus really came out from my own need for a resource like that in my in my ministry. So uh, the first half of the book focuses on um, biblical and theological truths that that just volunteer youth workers uh, who haven't been to Bible college or seminary and they don't really consider themselves theologians, but they, you know, students are asking real questions. And mm-hmm. so, do the volunteers in our ministry uh, have um, the confidence to actually engage into those conversations, or do they kind of just like pass those off and say, "Oh, go talk to Pastor Mike, go talk to John"? <laughs> like, go, like, do do they just shrug those questions off? Uh, and then the other uh, half of the book is is focused on just real the nuts and bolts. Um, the practical elements of how the gospel shapes everything in our ministry from uh, the way we recruit new volunteers and train them uh, to the way we play games and um, plan events and retreats, uh, the way we handle discipline, uh, the way we uh, engage with uh, short-term, long-term missions trips, the way we partner with parents, the way obviously we are teaching uh, so just the whole uh, sweep of uh, things we do in ministry. Um, yeah, each chapter uh, in that second half really wants to be uh, deliberate about applying the gospel at the heart of every element of our student ministry, not just our evangelism. Hmm. Yeah, no, it, it is so good and it covers so much and uh, again just want to encourage people to pick that up and i'm glad as you were even talking um it's an excellent resource to give volunteers as you were saying those volunteers who are passionate about youth ministry helping but haven't been able to go to seminary or bible college um covers a lot where again these are short chapters so uh, you know busy volunteers who are doing something else they could pick this up and you know read a chapter some of them are two to three pages some might be a little shorter some might be a little bit longer but um yeah each chapter is basically a blog post Mm -hmm. so because i was like my volunteers i've i've tried getting my volunteers to read books before and it just it's always been a struggle (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but um, and, and uh, great volunteers, committed volunteers. So I'm not criticizing. Sure. It's just it, it's just hard, right? Let's face it. Sure. Um, so yeah. short chapters, easy to read, easy to skim, easy to discuss together. Um, when you meet with your team, uh, to choose you know one or two chapters to read ahead mm-hmm. of time and to discuss as you meet with your volunteer team. Yeah, and so it. At RYM's Youth Theater Training, as well as our summer conferences, we have a book table, and that book has been featured on that book table at each of those events, and will continue to be on there because it's just such a helpful resource. And, and this summer, we had your newest book um, on our book table, um, Discover, Questioning Your Way to Faith. Is that it? Did That's I get it. the subtitle right? Got it. Yeah. And it's got a cool cover. It's got a big question mark on it, and it's like a cutout on the cover, so you can kind of flip it open and there's a bunch of question marks inside. Anyway, I think, I think it's a cool design. Mm-hmm. Um, I have not been able to read it as I was telling you before recording, 
Um, I think some of it, it, I think it's sold out on our book table, so I didn't get one. But um, tell us a little bit about this book, uh, yeah. kind of the origins of it. How did this come about? And then we'll dig in a little bit. Yeah. So interesting is that um, when I got my copies of Lead Them to Jesus was actually during a student service week at church. So the the church was full of students from my youth group doing service projects. And then my my author co- copies of the book came in. So, you know, we kind of like circled people up and um, my youth leaders made a big deal out of it and everything. Mm-hmm. And so we got the book out and passed it around. And some of the students were opening up and reading the table of contents of Lead Them to Jesus. And that first section of um, answering students' theological questions some of the students were like, oh, like if this was written for teenagers, I would totally read this because, yeah, mm-hmm. these are questions that I have asked and that I'm curious about. So I was like, oh, well, okay. Uh, so I talked with the publisher at New Growth Press and said, hey, this is what some of the students said. Um, what do you think about you know kind of revisiting some of these chapters, maybe adding a few others and um, you know, repurposing some of this and rewriting some of it? so that we're providing some good theological content for students. And so that's really what happened. So some of the chapters were um, just edited. Uh, a lot of them were pretty pretty heavily um, kind of reworked. Some of them were completely rewritten because I'd say it very differently to teenagers than sure. I would <laughs> to adults who are going to talk to teenagers. And some of the chapters are just completely um, new. Uh, but that's really the origin was from students literally saying, I would read this if it was written for teenagers. Yeah. And um, as I've given the book away, um, yeah, that that still is, is a lot of the feedback I'm getting from students is, uh, yeah, these are, these are all questions that we're asking. And um, I, I don't think that many teenagers come up and say, John, tell me more about the Trinity. <laughs> right. Um, so some of them aren't explicitly questions that they're going to outright ask the way that they show up in the table of contents. But then the students get the book and they look at that and they go, yeah, I really am very confused about like, what is the deal with the Trinity? Hmm. Right. So it's not always questions that they're going to ask off the top of their head as a felt need. Um, but they are questions that teenagers are asking that they are curious about. Um, and so there's some, some more doctrinal questions like the Trinity and there's other, uh, definitely felt need topics like, uh, mental health, anxiety, depression, um, and, you know, sexual and, uh, gender identities and things like that too. Yeah. Uh, I like that because yeah, like you said, there's going to be just those common questions that, that students are asking. Uh, but then those like the Trinity and other kind of doctrinal questions, yeah. they're not necessarily going to ask, but vitally important uh, for their faith. Um, and so may, maybe talk a little bit about that of um, not only the the, the deeper uh, theological kind of doctrine type questions, uh, but also the others as well. Um, was it challenging, you know, writing these in a way that's accessible for teenagers? And I guess, you know, yes, it was. But how, <laughs> how did you go about trying to communicate yeah. that to teenagers? Yeah. Well, I mean, as as a veteran youth pastor, a lot of these are topics that I've talked about with teenagers for mm-hmm. a long time. So thankfully, I wasn't starting from zero, um, you know. Um, 
but it is it is difficult. Like it's one of the most challenging chapters, frankly, was the chapter about end times, right? Will Jesus really mm-hmm. return? Mm-hmm. Um because I wanted to be very fair about the different um eschatological viewpoints. And so how do you chap how do you summarize all the different eschatological perspectives? Um summarizing each one in one paragraph <laughs> in a way that someone who believes that viewpoint would read it and say, yes, that's accurate. That is mm-hmm. that is what I believe. And then to pull together the common threads of what do we all agree on? And then to apply, like, why does this matter? Like, mm-hmm. just pastorally, like, as a Christian, here's why this is so important for us to believe that Jesus really will return. Um, whatever viewpoint you fall on, here is why this matters, right? So it it, it some of the chapters took a lot of time uh, for four five page chapters. Um, it's a it's a little bit like Mark Twain saying, "I didn't have time to write you a short letter, so I wrote you a long one instead." Uh, sometimes short writing <laughs> is oh, yeah. uh, really difficult and time consuming, but um, for sure, I, I trust it'll serve our our students well. Yeah, I've loved that Mark Twain quote, and I've used that a little bit. That, yeah, I mean, oftentimes we as youth workers, it is more challenging to try to communicate something mm-hmm. that's headier um, to, uh, you know, younger students. Um, so yeah, I know that that comes through in the writing. What, what were some of those other questions that you do cover uh, in the book? I mean, those you're talking about mental health, anxiety, depression, and I know we were kind of joking pre-recording that sometimes you write these books and then they come out and it's been a while since you've kind of been in it. And so you might even struggle to, to look through. Um, I mean, I see you and I can tell kind of behind the scenes. He's having to grab a copy of his book. I was like, so oh was gosh, I don't sometime. remember, John. <laughs> what are these chapters? I was just curious, <laughs> some of the ones that you try to cover. Oh, um, some of the, the ones I really enjoyed writing um, were, is it okay to doubt? Hmm. Um, I, if, feels weird to say, mm-hmm. but I, I'm a big fan of doubt. Um, oh, yeah. I'm just a really, I, I'm just always been a very naturally curious question uh, asking person. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, I think a lot of our students who are the same way and ask a lot of questions often feel like, stop asking so many questions. Right? Stop being so difficult. Um, so like, is it, is it okay to doubt? Like wh- what's a, what's a healthy kind of doubt? And what's an unhealthy kind of doubt instead of just labeling all doubt as bad, mm-hmm. not just have more faith, right? So that, that was a fun one. Um, I think another important one um, is about how can a loving God send anyone to hell? Um, one mm-hmm. of my oh. um, concerns uh, theologically uh, in student ministry is uh, I think a lot of the more grace-filled, gospel-centered tribe, um, not just youth ministry, but just in general. Um, I think sometimes we don't want to be those type of Christians, and I don't want to be like a hellfire and brimstone. So we just never talk about judgment. Uh, we never talk about the wrath of God. We never really talk mm-hmm. about the law um, and our sinfulness. And um, I, I think that there's a, a fair bit of Christian universalism uh, growing up under our noses that um, that we just need to be aware of. Uh, and so 
Yeah, I think mm-hmm. this chapter on how can a loving God send anyone to hell uh, hopefully is very instructive and helpful for our students because I think that's a question that every church kid um, wrestles with and and asks. So. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's, I'm so glad you're including that in there um, because, yeah, I, I agree with what you're saying that, yes, we need to emphasize grace. We we need to to talk about grace and get our students to grasp it. But an aspect of that is, you know, a full picture of the gospel yeah. does involve punishment, does involve um, an eternity that's awaiting all of us. And so we can shy away from that kind of uh, discussion at times. So I'm glad you're including that in there. Yeah. And um yeah, I, I hope the chapter on prayer is helpful too, right? Um, why pray if God will do what he wants? Because mm-hmm. that's a question that I struggled with personally for quite a quite a while. Um, and so, yeah, just kind of really saying, um, why pray if God will do what he wants? Why pray if God isn't sovereign? Mm-hmm. Right? Like, mm-hmm. what's the point of prayer if God can't answer it? Um, why pray for someone's salvation if he's like, oh yeah, I really want them to believe too. <laughs> right. So um, yeah, just trying to help give confidence to say, look, we pray because God is sovereign. Uh and yeah. and because the Lord has commanded us to. He has told us to. Um, but we we don't use God's sovereignty as an excuse not to pray. Yeah, he's just gonna do it anyway. But we we pray with faith because He's sovereign. So hmm. yeah, those yeah. are a few of the chapters that, that I really enjoyed yeah. putting together. No, that's that's good. And yeah, I look forward to digging more into that one. And just to, to remind our listeners, uh, check out the show notes. I'll have all of these books uh, linked as well as Youth Pastor Theologian's website. We'll have that up there. Um, and I think now we're, we're going to maybe turn the tables and Mike's going to interview me a little bit. John, I got a few questions for you. So for... Uh, the youth pastor theologian community, uh, it's kind of funny how how these things work out. So um, I, it, it's, it's funny, you look at the different, very similar type of ministry philosophy, like biblically deep, rich student yeah. ministry organizations. And um, uh, Reformed Youth Ministries is very Presbyterian. Uh, Rooted <laughs> Ministry is very Anglican. And uh, YPT is very Baptist. <laughs> and so it, uh, it's funny how we can kind of fall into these little cloisters and, and such. But I, I really um, love Reformed Youth Ministry. Uh, when I came to your youth leader training a couple of years mm-hmm. ago, uh, we had a good laugh that I was the only Baptist there. Um, <laughs> but I, I was never made to feel like I didn't mm-hmm. belong. It was just kind of a funny little joke together. Um, yeah. So, it, it, for for YPT listeners who may be unfamiliar with Reformed Youth Ministry, could you just share a little bit about what is RYM and what's mm-hmm. uh, what's your ministry philosophy that you advocate for? Yeah, sure. No, no, thanks. And yeah, it was great having you there. And um, it's interesting too. Um, yes, definitely. That there's a lot of Presbyterian. Uh, influence in churches and all that that are involved, but uh, RYM is not directly tied to any denomination. Mm-hmm. Um, and so kind of backing up, just giving some of the history. So um, 
we recently celebrated 50 years of ministry. So 1972, there were three youth workers who were kind of tired of the fun and games youth ministry, and they wanted to start a conference uh, that was centered on the preaching and teaching of the word. And so they launched a, the first conference again back in 1972. And that's kind of all RYM was for for decades it was just one summer youth conference. And I think maybe there was a second. Uh, I know we've been looking at some of the history recently and um, R.C. Sproul was an early speaker at one of these conferences, which awesome. is fun to, to think about yeah. um, him being there. But uh, so we've expanded to, um, and really our, our three avenues of ministry are conferences, training, resources. And so RYM currently has six summer youth conferences. Uh, there's one in Colorado, three in Florida, a one in Maryland, and then one in Texas. And these are for student so, ministers to bring their teenagers to. That's exactly right. right. Yeah. And so um, there's, let's see, I think it's four um, senior high conferences and then two uh, middle school conferences. Um, yeah. And, and really, and so it's about, I don't know, 5,000 students that come in a summer close to there. And um, yeah, we have... Presbyterians, Baptists, not denominational, um, a, a mix for sure that, that come to these in, in the summers. And, um, you know, the hope is to expand that as well. I mean, we're, we're praying, thinking about uh, getting more on the West Coast as well. Um, but yeah, you can go and check out all of our, our conferences on our website, rym.org. You'll, you'll see the three avenues and um, something we, we've said about youth ministry for a while is that youth ministry isn't just ministry to youth, it's ministry to families. And so um, that's really where some of the, the youth leader training came about. And I, I don't know if it was maybe 2008 when they intentionally kind of launched a youth leader training. Uh, we have uh, two of these. Uh, one is in Nashville, Tennessee. It takes place the last week in January, the last full week in January every year. And then we've partnered with CPYU, that's Center for Parent Youth Understanding. I'm sure those who listen to YPT have heard of Walt Mueller and CPYU plenty of times. And of course, we mentioned Walt just a little earlier, um, but, but but that's near Pittsburgh area um, and it's early March. I don't have the exact dates, uh, but you know those, those training events, uh, we're trying to really talk about a lot of what you were talking about earlier, Mike, is uh, to, to give people a, a philosophy of ministry. And then something we say oftentimes is that we have a fixed theology and a flexible methodology, uh, that we have a theology that does like that. not change, you know, and, and uh, we're going to work out of that. And uh, the way in which that theology could be applied in your context, wherever it is, might look different in terms of methodology. Uh, but there are are things you know about our theology that are not going to change that we're going to cling to, and um, and so it's you know, an encouraging time. And yeah, Mike, it was encouraging to have you there. And that was the year right after COVID, yeah. where it was kind of you know a hybrid youth leader training. It was just a little bit different um, from uh, some of our others, and so we kind of combined both training events into one. And so it was just a little different. Um, but then we also at RYM we have resources. That's our third avenue of ministry, and that's that's where I serve as the director of resources. Um, Mike, you were talking about eschatology a minute ago. Um, we have, uh, I think, off the top of my head, 
12 free Bible studies yeah, that are available right now. And and one of those is Eschatology 101. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, we thought even the title of that, you know, are students going to be interested? But they are very interested in end times. Yeah. And, you know, we think of just so much in popular culture from zombie movies to all kind of post-apocalyptic type things. I mean, yeah. there's an obsession with the end times. And, um and so, you know, if anyone goes to our website, they can download those free Bible studies. We try to release about two of those every year. Um, we just want to serve the local church and give away good resources for free. So please be sure to, to check those out. Um, we also have a podcast entitled The Local Youth Worker. Um, and that's a weekly podcast that comes out. We have authors on there, uh, professors, counselors, youth workers. Um, I mean, the title is emphasizing just just the local youth worker in every congregation and trying to serve them. And we know that some youth workers are serving in very lonely contexts where they don't get a lot of interaction. And so we hope that it just kind of fosters somewhat of a, a community uh, for those who are kind of uh, working alone, because we know that youth ministry can be a very lonely place. And mm-hmm. so it's uh, when we started that podcast, we were focused specifically on the youth worker and serving them. But it's been interesting to hear um, how many parents tune in to the podcast yeah. and listen to the podcast. And so that's definitely grown over time. Um, and so that's a little bit of what we do. Um, I know you were also going to ask about the, the track series. Um, and that's something that I can point people to as well. Um, yeah, yeah. Can you share uh, what are some of the different titles in the track series? And mm-hmm. um, yeah, w- w- what's that all about? Yeah. And so kind of backing up, given uh, just a little bit of um, some backstory there. So um, when I was uh, the youth director at a church uh, in the Jackson, Mississippi area, um, we, we would do an orientation every year of kind of first time parents coming into the ministry and trying to just give them a big picture of the ministry. and. Um, also encourage them in that um, uh, orientation that they are the the primary disciplers of their children, and that we're not uh, trying to take their job away for them from them, and to to encourage them in that. And um, Timothy Paul Jones is a name that uh, yeah. many are familiar with. Uh, so I went to uh, Southern Baptist Theological Seminary in Louisville, Kentucky, and Timothy Paul Jones is one of my professors, and he's written on family ministry and a lot of other things. But he says that oftentimes uh, parents hear from the church that they are the primary disciplers of their children, but that they feel that the church fails in giving them resources to properly disciple their children. Yeah. And so just one of the things I would try to do for parents coming into the ministry was just give them a document that had some suggested books Mm -hmm. to be reading alongside their children. And I kind of had that broken up into grades, kind of here's some more junior high level, here's maybe ninth and 10th, and here's some for 11th and 12th, and just kind of try to lay out some of that. Um, Fast forwarding to, to my time with RYM, we created a uh, student discipleship guide um, with Josh Byers, who some people may be familiar with. He mm-hmm. does visual theology with Tim Challies, and um, that's a free PDF um, that gets, begins in the sixth grade and goes all the way through 12th and breaks it down to fall, uh, winter, spring, summer, uh, just books to be reading or to be putting into their, the hands of uh, your children. And so that's um, a guide that kind of came from that. And really the track series I know this is kind of a long backstory, kind of came out of this concept. Um, and a lot of what we say is that 
one of the primary ways we can be discipling the the next generation is to disciple them to be readers that yeah. God chose a book to reveal himself, um, that, that we cannot overstate the significance of words, um, in, in Christianity. And so we wanted to create some booklets that are accessible, um, but written specifically for students. Um, and so they're accessible just by the size. If you saw, uh, one of these booklets in the track series, um, you know, they're about the size of an iPhone, maybe, you know, a little bit bigger, um, but there are currently 15 titles in the, the track series. And uh, the bi- the three big categories are doctrine, Christian life, and then culture. And some of the doctrine titles that we have, and I guess I should say all of the titles of these are a student's guide to blank. And so you have a student's guide to sanctification, student's guide to glorification, justification, um, missions, uh, we also have a student's guide to anxiety, depression, uh, gaming, um, a student's guide to uh, womanhood, um, to dating, marriage, and sex. Uh, there's more out there that I'm, I'm forgetting, uh, but I know we've got some coming out soon, one on rest, uh, one on body image. Um, and so our, our hope is about every six months or so, uh, to be releasing three new titles. Uh, we, we partnered with Christian Focus Publication to to release these. Um, they're about $3.99, I think, on Amazon. Yeah. Uh, some of them uh. are $4.99. So, and, and you can buy them in bulk, too, and get those, those cheaper. But really, these are designed for youth workers to put in the hands of students, um, that they can, they're written for students, even though some of these are written by Ligon Duncan and Derek Thomas. And that's what and I was others. just going to highlight. I mean, some of the names, yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't know how you got some of these authors to, to write I don't, I don't in either. this series, <laughs> but yeah. I mean, yeah, very impressed. Yeah, we, well, we, yeah, we were excited that, um, so I know like Steve Nichols did one on apologetics mm-hmm. and I mean, you know, I serve as the, the series editor for these books and I, I joke and I say, I take people's work and I, I dumb it down uh, so that <laughs> <laughs> others can understand it. Um, but I, I was just so impressed. I mean, Steve Nichols just highlighting him, you know, brilliant theologian, um, but, but he communicated in such an accessible way where I felt like his work was just kind of untouched on um, modifying it. And, you know, sometimes it's just changing the verbiage and the examples to, to yeah. resonate more with students. Um, but yeah, it's been, it's been encouraging. And, and again, looking at these books, uh, we have uh, Baptists that, that have written these, Presbyterians, uh, just others. And so really trying to, and that's something just as, um, our way I'm kind of as, as a whole, um, although we, we kind of were birthed out of the Presbyterian church, uh, trying to be broad in uh, just uh, our, our reach and um, uh, to, to not be tied specifically to a denomination. And so, but we've tried to show that in various ways, but in this specific way with our track series to, to yeah. get a lot of different authors involved from, from various backgrounds. But um, yeah, it's, it's our hope that youth workers can take these little booklets and can hand them out and use those in small groups, yeah. even maybe modify some of these to large groups. But um, I feel like I've been talking a lot and I need to stop and let you, <laughs> you jump in. But that's a, that's a little no, bit about I, the track series. I love the track series. Uh, they're short, accessible. Um, yeah, if you want to have, uh, I, I was even thinking, I mean, some of these could be really good for like a baptism class or mm. just a short deep dive 
Um, so like, I, I know a, a lot of youth pastors I've been hearing from and uh, getting pictures, which has really been fun, um, of uh, them using the, the Discover book with their students. Yeah. But there's 20 chapters in Discover. I mean, so that's, that's a good portion of your school year if you're going to yeah. do one a week. Uh, the track series is really, really great and could even just be like, you know what, we're going to have a, a three-week Bible study or we're going to have a four-week study on glorification um, or on you know end times or like mm-hmm. choose one of the books and just have a short-term Bible study. Um, maybe it's between sports seasons when students might be more available or during you know, Christmas vacation, or uh, there's lots of different ways that you can have like a, a short-term Bible study that's like a, a deep dive for kids who are ready for that. And mm-hmm. I think the track series is a really outstanding resource for it. So um, I, I yeah. appreciate that encouragement. As you're yeah. saying that, I'm thinking too, you know, every chapter has discussion questions at the end. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, to, to kind of have that yeah. Um, time if it's small group just to have some questions at the end can be helpful too yep yep all right um so you recently came out with a devotional for students about social media pressure um can you tell us a little bit about what prompted uh you know you mm-hmm. to write a book about social media um how in the world can social media <laughs> i'm saying this Emphatically, right? <laughs> How can social media negatively impact a student's life? I've never imagined that could happen. I know. Right? Like, it's, it's, tell it's us a little good. bit about this devotional. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, no. Um, yeah. So, this, this past summer, uh, New Growth Press released Social Media Pressure, uh, subtitle Finding Peace Alongside Jesus. And it's a devotional book. Um, so, uh, they had released a, another book in this series, and I think it's Alongside Jesus is the title. Yeah. Um, so some people yeah. may know Drew Hill, who wrote Alongside. Um, they kind of from that developed a, a devotional, Alongside Jesus. And so this book, Social Media Pressure, is the second in that series. Um, and it's some devotionals that you know will hopefully... Uh, again, written for teenagers that that hopefully will just help them be more thoughtful in their engagement with social media. Uh, we know social media is here to stay. Um, uh, yes, there are there's legislation and and other kind of conversations taking place where uh, stricter res- restrictions and boundaries might be put in place to kind of um, make it less accessible to teenagers. But until then, I mean, we as as youth workers, as parents, uh, need to be discipling our students on how to utilize uh, social media in a way that can be be God honoring. And yeah, it, it's it was challenging, you know, writing uh, a devotional um, to just uh, yeah try to guide students in this. Um, but but yeah, it's it's my hope that at least. Uh, some of it's going to introduce them to a biblical worldview and just more thoughtful engagement of how they you know, pick up their devices and interact with various social media platforms. Yeah. All right. So let, let us hear a little bit more about that. So how does a gospel-shaped worldview inform the way we engage with social media uh, and from mm-hmm. a teenager's perspective? Sure. Yeah. Um, you know, so much with social media, what we 
talk about anxiety and we talk about depression and yeah. kind of those on on the rise because of these devices. And so really with this devotional, there's kind of a, a thread of fear that runs through each chapter um, because that's such a common emotion and aspect from fear of missing out and and all sorts of other things. And so I thought it would be appropriate to begin the book. And I should say the structure of the book, it's it's a four-week devotional and there's four entries every week. And so there's some grace days that are woven throughout each week. So if students are busy, they get behind, yeah. um, you know, it's okay if they, if they miss some days. But the first section, so that first week is trying to establish the fear of the Lord. Um, and so the, the hope is, I mean, you know, with any topic, uh, we begin with God, right? Mm-hmm. And so thinking with social media, okay, instead of just diving into various platforms and issues, we've got to start with with God. And mm-hmm. so trying to get yeah. students to see how a fear of the Lord uh, will shape uh, how they pick up their device, well, yeah. what they say, you know, on various platforms and even sharing a story from my childhood of how I was talking bad about uh, one of my friends. And I was just kind of speaking openly in the classroom, not kind at all. And his mom walked into the room right as I was saying that. <laughs> and I knew I was speaking loud enough to where she heard that, uh, you know, outside the classroom. And I was just absolutely mortified. Yeah. And so kind of taking that illustration for students to see, okay, our, our God is looking at everything we say yeah. on, on social media. Everything we we like, we choose not to like, to withhold likes. Um, he's looking at all of that. And so how can just a fear of God shape how we interact on on social media? And so that's kind of the, the, the first introductory one is, is the fear of the Lord and kind of growing that through the first week. Um, but that's a little bit um, just kind of the the uh, theology driving our worldview there. Yeah, that's good. All right, so for for youth workers, um, I mean, I think part of the reality is to do student ministry today is to be engaged in social media. I mean, I, I have a hard time picturing um, youth ministry without leveraging so social media to some point or degree, right? Mm-hmm. So what are some general guidelines that you recommend for youth workers to evaluate their own use of social media? And what are some um, some boundaries you would encourage youth workers to have to model a, a healthy engagement with social media for their students? Yeah, no, that, that's a great question. And really, I think you're kind of giving the answer right there. It, it's It's realizing that we are modeling something, you know, that, um, you know, we can talk about the various stats. I know some say it's in the ballpark of seven to nine hours of screen time a day for, for teenagers. And we can say all those things and we can lament that. But what I often say is that we need to realize we're worse than teenagers. (laughs) (laughs) So often we can lament how much they're, they're on it, but in a lot of circumstances, uh, teenagers have more boundaries on them than than we do with us, yeah. and we all know these devices are designed to be addictive. And uh, some of the most brilliant minds in the world, engineers, are uh, behind these uh, platforms to keep us on them more constantly. Yeah. And so, um, for us to to recognize that and recognize. I guess if we want to put it this way, the plank in our own eye before we see the speck in our students' eyes. And so I think that's a good place to start is kind of 
humbly realizing we're we're fellow strugglers and and I think talking about that with our our students um saying that as youth workers of hey listen I'm I'm challenging you guys on this specific aspect of social media but you need to realize that like I'm struggling too that this is not something I'm I'm immune to and so kind of beginning with humility I think is the first thing and to to speak uh, more openly about our own struggles um, as we're talking about modeling, being aware that our students are watching us, um, that if you're interacting with students and you typically have a phone in your hand and you're or have a smartwatch and as they're talking to you, you're constantly checking yeah. your watch and looking at, but we just have to be aware of those things because in many ways we are giving license to our students to uh, interact with technology in that same way. And so but we've just, we have to be cautious of, of really, uh, yeah, th- just the, the way that we're modeling and to, to take up practices and and even for us to be vocal in some of those practices of, hey, students, here's some things I try to do to have a, a healthier engagement with social media and just uh, something I would in- encourage you to do. Um, but yeah, I mean, at the same time, recognize, okay, that's where our students are and uh, we can utilize these platforms um, to try to reach them and to interact with them. and. You know, at the same time, I, I do want to push back on that a little bit because I do hear a lot of people say, you know, that's where our students are, so I've got to be there. And, you know, we we need to be aware that we can communicate a lot by our absence um, and, yeah. and not our presence. And so um, I think it's important for youth workers to hear it could, it could be an option to not be on social media and to, to not be interacting all the time. And, um and so not to diminish that of, of just our absence there and, and feeling like we always have to be on and always have to respond and always have to interact. And um, yeah, because I, I do think there can be a lot of pressure on youth workers to feel like they've always got to be on it and always interacting, always posting something. And um, and so just to have some balance there. Um, I know I kind of rambled a little bit. I don't know if I got at your specific question. No, that's really good. That. No, that's really helpful. And I appreciate your your gentle uh, and humble pushback on, um, <laughs> yeah, the necessity of youth workers to to be on social media. Um, so, but yeah, that, I think that's a good word of what do we communicate by our absence and by our physical presence instead. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. No, no, that's good. Well, and I always want to say, and I feel like we, we've always, um, you know, have to, to preface with uh, the good of technology. Yeah. You know, as we talk about social media, I mean, there there are just horrific evils uh, that we are aware of, and in some ways, we we can downplay the the serious concern of uh, some of these d- devices and technologies. But at the same time, as believers, uh, we have to be pro technology. You know, as we look at uh, the creation mandate, Genesis one twenty six through twenty eight, that's encouraging us. Um, to to be pro technology, that we should be advancing technologically speaking, and so as as Christians, what we need to be excited about technology and, and think of the ways in which we can minister through smartphones and social media. Um, but we also have to be incredibly cautious. Just as with any good gift, we must steward it wisely, and so yeah. um, to steward these devices well. Um, so yeah, I always just want to say that um, in in the midst of this conversation. All right, that's a good word. All right, here's my last question. This is a throwback for you. Uh, so this is a long time ago. Um, I, I've I've always wanted to talk with you 
uh, on a podcast about Time Out, the gift or god of youth sports. Uh, wow. Do you even remember <laughs> writing that book? That was probably so long ago. Vaguely. Um, yeah. So my first introduction to you was when you were on Walt's podcast to talk about this book. And I was like, oh, man, this guy's amazing. And I love him. <laughs> um, so could you just tell us a little bit, um, tell youth workers about about this this book? So it was published in 2018 uh, with Christian Focus, Time Out, The Gift or God of Youth Sports. Uh, can you just share yeah. a little about that book? And um, yeah, how, how can youth workers navigate the love-hate relationship we all have with youth sports? Yeah, no, you're, you're right. That that was a long time ago. And um, so really, you know, I would say most youth workers that are out there listening to this can lament um, youth sports and just kind of shake our head when we think about how involved our students can be. I mean, I had students who would tell me when football season came along, um, hey, I'll, I'll, you know, it was August and they'll say, hey, I'll, I'll see you in December. <laughs> and it's like, oh, wow. Okay. It's, and they were kidding. Good, yeah. Yes. No, no, absolutely. Because they just knew the, the level of involvement from weightlifting to practices, they were just going to be absent from uh, the student ministry. And so um, I would say many out there are, are familiar with that. And so, you know, serving in student ministry for a time, um, there were always frustrations about youth sports. And, and I guess I should even back up and say, uh, my wife was a college athlete. Um, I played soccer in junior college. That's no, nothing to brag about. I'm just saying I, I like sports and our family <laughs> yeah, you're likes not anti sports. Anti-sports. Yes, yeah. we're not anti sports. And so at the same time, when I got in student ministry, I just saw um, how idolatrous it was because I was on the other side of sports now. Yeah. And it was, uh, I was blinded to kind of a lot of that, uh, just being involved in it. And, I'm just seeing kind of the negative impact of students and students um, and, and families just being divided. And so um, when I went to Southern Seminary um, and uh, I worked on a D-Men at Southern Seminary and part of that D-Men program, you're developing a thesis. And I thought, you know what, I've spent so much of the ministry lamenting youth sports and haven't had a lot of time to really dig into this subject. And so I thought I would use this topic to just kind of dig into more and to read more and to think more about and interact with others. And so that's really where Time Out came from, was from my work at Southern Seminary. And really, the, the book just takes a stewardship approach to, to sports and um, wants to highlight the good of sports and praise sports and how the Lord can use sports, but also um, all you know, recognize the the idolatrous nature of it and the the difficulties of it and the challenges and and so yeah, there's you know, I knew it wouldn't be the most popular book to write and it would probably be stepping on some toes. Yeah, um, but I do hope those who are thoughtfully engaging the topic will see a yes. It's pro sports, but at the same time, there's a lot that we as Christians are blind to. And, uh, you know, we're not stewarding this like we we can or should. And, you know, there's there's a lot in the book that doesn't give definitive answers. It just raises questions right. um, because it, it's hard to prescribe certain things, yeah. you know, that the, yeah. the scriptures don't specifically speak to. And so, you know, it gets into Sabbath rest. It gets into um, 
just discipling our own children, making time for that, saying no, all kinds of things like that. So, um, yeah, I hope it's something youth workers can use. I hope it's something youth workers can borrow to kind of put in the hands of parents that sometimes youth workers, you're in the awkward place of uh, not being able to challenge parents uh, in in a way that's that's easy for you. And so when you can say, hey, here's something somebody else said, um, <laughs> you know, be mad at him. Uh, <laughs> hopefully that can can help you all. But yeah, it's it's written for for anyone passionate about discipling students and, and sports as well. Um, so coaches, teachers, parents, youth workers. Um, so I hope it's helpful. Yeah, yeah, it is. You, were, you didn't um, look, see that one coming, did you? No, I did not. <laughs> I did not. Um, glad I had some kind of yeah uh, memory of of writing that, and um, yeah, but uh, glad to glad to talk about it. Glad it was a help to you. And I had totally yeah. forgotten about that podcast with with Walt <laughs> talking about that. <laughs> That's good. It's good stuff. Yeah. Well, Mike, look this this has been fun. It's been fun getting to to catch up and. As we said, we don't know exactly how this will air on our own individual podcast channels, but um, but yeah, it's it's fun to kind of get to to play interviewer, but then also be interviewed on our own podcast because I know we're we're often in the interview chair. Um, it's true. But thanks, thanks for all you're doing. Thanks for your friendship. It was great to see you in person last week at the, the Gospel Coalition. Um, yeah, and look forward to just hearing more of what you're doing, at youth pastor theologian. Yeah, agreed. And uh, my affection for Reformed Youth Ministries runs deep. And um, I think I told you this just the other uh, the other week when we saw each other. But um, when I, I came out to to Nashville uh, for the youth leader training conference that you guys host, um, I was in a pretty uh, emotionally and spiritually raw state. Mm-hmm. And um, it was one of the hardest uh, seasons of my own life personally. And um, yeah, RYM and um, and you uh, had a real um, gracious ministry uh, for me personally, and so uh, I I really love uh, your ministry and what you guys do, and uh, joyfully send uh, youth pastor theologians to uh, to go check out RYM and everything you guys offer. Mm, well, well, praise God for that, and yeah, look forward to to many more conversations for sure. Well, thanks for joining us for this special collaboration between the Youth Pastor Theologian Podcast and Reformed Youth Ministries Local Youth Worker Podcast. Uh, once again, go check out Reformed Youth Ministry uh, online. Uh, we have a bunch of links uh, that were mentioned in this conversation in our show notes, so you can find all those links and resources here. And uh, just so thankful for John Parrott for his friendship and for other ministries like Reformed Youth Ministry and for what they offer for youth workers. Make sure you go check them out. Thanks for joining us for another episode of the Youth Pastor Theologian Podcast. YPT's mission is to empower youth workers to pursue theological depth because we're committed to inviting students into a faith that's big enough to grow into. You can learn more about the ministry and other resources we offer at youthpastortheologian.com And you can find us on most social media at Youth Theologian.